0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health. If you're struggling through the pains of alcohol or drug addiction or a mental health disorder, now's the time to seek the help that you need. Let's be an opportunity to get back on track and get back to finding the real you. You're not alone. Promises Behavioral Health is here and they can help. Now we've worked with Promises for years. We know their teams personally. We have great relationships with them. and Most importantly, we trust Promises and so can you. To learn more about Promises treatment options near you, for you, or your loved one, here's what you can do. You can go to Promises.com slash Sober Guy. That's Promises.com slash Sober Guy. Or you can just pick up the phone and call 888-205-1890. That's 888-205-1890. Tell them that you heard about them from That Sober Guy Podcast.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Tommy Rosen, and you are listening to That Sober Guy Podcast. That Sober Guy Podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised.
0: I'm Shane Ramer. You're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Hits, so, it's time to go so excited on. to share some new content with you. Just had a great conversation with Tommy Rosen. No goodbyes, just sneak through the Talked road. about quite a few things. Escaping reality, chronic pain, community, awareness—how key awareness is in our own walk in this world. We'll Talked a down. little bit about the difference between recovery 1.0 versus recovery 2.0, which is very interesting in itself. I just want to thank Tommy for coming on the podcast today. If you're not familiar with Tommy Rose's work, uh, Tommy Rosen is a yoga teacher. He's an addiction recovery expert. He spent the last two decades immersed in recovery and wellness uh, he holds multiple certifications in different types of yoga uh, he has 31 years of continuous recovery from drug addiction he's also the founder of recovery uh, recovery 2.0 global community the recovery 2.0 online conference series and the recovery 2.0 group coaching program uh, he leads yoga retreats, workshops internationally, presents regularly at yoga conferences and festivals. Uh, he also has a book, Recovery 2.0, Move Beyond Addiction and Upgrade Your Life, uh, which was published back in 2014. Uh, and everything we talked about today, we'll be sure to put in the show notes so it's easy for you to find. Um, man, before we get to, uh, to Tommy today, you can find all of our resources, like our free 10-day guide uh, to help jumpstart your sobriety. Uh, or stop jumpstart your life without alcohol our 30-day quit drinking dude challenge uh, which is 30 podcasts in 30 days uh, you can join our sober guy men's group uh, you can find podcast meetings more resources all by going to that sober you'll be able to find everything there and then you can follow us on instagram at that podcast and uh, once again like I mentioned all the links from today's podcast will be in the show notes. Um, really appreciate Tommy coming on the show today and, uh, man, I'm excited to share this with you. So without further ado, here is Tommy Rosen. Welcome to the show. I'm here with Tommy Rosen. Tommy, it's good to have you today. How are you, my friend? I'm
1: so good, man. Thanks for having me
0: on your show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, for those out there who might be new to your work, uh, they've heard your name, they don't really know the background about you. Um, maybe just give us a brief rundown of, uh, of who you are, Tommy.
1: Sure. Well, I, you know, in the context of what we're speaking about, which is really, you know, recovery from addiction. Uh, I started my journey, uh, 33 years ago when I went to treatment in 1989, I went up to, uh, Hazelden and, uh, I really got it. Um, I had been uh, a severe drug addict at that point, alcoholic, uh, mostly, for me, mostly, you know, cocaine, heroin at the end, that brought me down to my knees. And I began my journey of recovery in 1989. I would stay sober for a year out of treatment, I would have a year of relapse. Mm. And then in 1991, June 23rd, 1991, I got sober for the last time. And I'm about 31 years into this magical mystery tour is really what
0: it is <laughs> nice man 31 years that's inspiring it's good stuff man thank um, you what, so I, I hear from a lot of guys uh and even myself experience some of this that back and forth you know you, you mentioned you, you went through a year of relapse what, what do you think um uh, well what do you think that is first of all and then what do you think for the guy out there that's really struggling right now that's that's going back and forth what was it that changed for you in that moment um you know it, to be able to then go on and put 31 years together
1: yeah thank you it's a great question uh so let's say that a person going from uh you know using drugs and alcohol moving on to a path of recovery or whatever the addictive behavior might have been the person moving onto a path of recovery they only know one thing at that point that they want their life to change they don't know if they're going to be able to do it. They don't know how to do it. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, insecurity in that movement. Uh, there's a lot of fear naturally. I'm I'm leaving something familiar behind, and I'm trying to build a life for myself. And and the real frightening thing for people is that they come to the the real truth, and the real truth is is I do not know how to live. Mm, yeah, I don't know how to do this. And I certainly don't know how to do this without drugs and alcohol or whatever the thing is that I've been relying on for a number of years. So coming onto a a new path like that, the language that I'm going to use for that is you've had a, a leap in consciousness, Mm -hmm. meaning you've become more conscious, more aware of something. And now you're going to work on trying to bring that into your life, like into being. Okay. So Every time a person has a leap forward in consciousness, no matter what it is, when you become more aware of something, in comes the fluctuation. Mm -hmm. Now we start fluctuating. I'm in the new, I'm in the new understanding and I'm, I'm glad to be here or, or I'm not glad to be here, but I'm here and I need to be here. And then you drop back to, but I don't know what to do. And wasn't I more comfortable yesterday when I was using drugs or for the past couple of weeks or years? And then you come back up to the new awareness. It's like, well, that wasn't working for me. I really need to find a way through to something else. And so there's this
0: Mm.
1: mental and certainly emotional fluctuation. The only way that a person goes through that process and gets into recovery and and steady with recovery is to start to build consistency. Yeah. And that's not one of our favorite words. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Consistency, not one of the things that we're necessarily good at. Though if you think about it, we were consistently very good at scoring drugs, using drugs or, or alcohol or whatever the addictive behavior was. We were very consistent with that. Now we have to let go of that. We got to move in here. We got to do something new and be consistent with it. If you're a 12 step person and you've entered the 12 step universe, surely you have heard the term 90 meetings in 90 days. Why? Why 90 meetings in 90 days? Because we're trying to create consistency with something new. The problem is, is that in our mind at the beginning, we don't believe we're going to be able to transform the way we are thinking and feeling today. We think, well, what's the purpose of 90 meetings in 90 days? If I'm going to feel the same insecurities, the same sense of stress and anxiety 90 days from now. And of course, you won't, but you don't know that yet. So <laughs> yeah. to answer your question, the way that we move into longer term recovery, the way that we get 30 days, the way that we get 60 days, 90 days, six months, however many years, it only comes one way. And that's through consistently applying new behaviors, new attitudes, a new way of being in the world. If you do that, you will have this shift. You will. It's guaranteed. It's guaranteed.
0: Yeah, I love it. Thank you for articulating that simply and 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 well. That was uh, great. Um, I think this kind of ties into that with, uh, with this kind of next question or comment, and maybe we can kick it back and forth a little bit, was the desire to escape reality. So that's like for me, that was why for so long I used alcohol and drugs. I wasn't secure. I wasn't confident. I wasn't um, able to be present, to be in the moment. Um, and I was escaping a lot of a lot of past stuff. Now I, I truly believe today um, that the habitual use of alcohol, drugs, is actually meant uh, and and designed in some senses to subdue my own consciousness, my connection to God, me to for me to be the human being I was designed to be. I, I was never able to do that as I was still using because my soul, my spirit was completely dead inside. So for somebody out there who is still going, going through that, how do we awaken the spirit? Obviously it starts, you know, with making a decision, I think, but maybe you can speak a little bit to that, to your own experience or to what you see in 31 years of experience and working with, uh, with many different people who've struggled with this.
1: Yes. Thank you. So the, the human being is in my opinion, an evolutionary being mm. we're wired we're wired for change we're wired to change our brain in positive ways we're wired to experience new things we're wired literally throughout our entire life to change our neurochemistry and and our neural pathways we're we're just an evolutionary being we're meant to change mm. now addiction strangely, it goes against that, that, that principle of evolution. I look out into the universe, into the, the world that I can see with my eyes and, and my senses, and I see that everything is evolving. Everything's changing, except the addict. Yeah, we're stuck. The addict stays. <laughs> it's really weird, man. Yeah. It goes against the, the directive to evolve, because you know, addiction is like, well, I, I need to repeat these same things over and over again to keep myself, you know, comfortable or to manage my life or my emotions the way I think, or the or by the only means that I seem to have at my disposal, and I'll stay stuck. So I'm going against the evolutionary principle of the entire universe, mm. and we come out on the short end of that stick. <laughs> it's no <Yeah>. good.
0: <laughs> it's tough.
1: So, so how do we how do we awaken? first first thing we we do as we spoke about previously about this leap in consciousness realizing okay i mean it's really as simple as this i'm unhappy okay that's a good that's a really good thing to be able to admit to yourself and to others who are close to you it's not working out for me so far yeah. i'm unhappy in this moment meaning the way that i understand myself in the world In the eyes of others, in terms of my purpose for being here, in terms of uh, the use of my creative energy, I haven't figured it out. (laughs) I'm unhappy, and I recognize that I'm stuck in this place. It's an incredible thing to be able to say that. That's the beginning of change. So that's the first thing. You've got to be able to say, I see the problem. Okay, I may not know how to solve this problem, but I need to admit that I have it. And now I can begin to uh, move forward. That moving forward is evolutionary. It's your evolution. It's your awakening. Yeah. And so every one of us is on an awakening each day in our life. So for me, my awakening today, for example, is how am I feeling? Hmm. Um, am I comfortable in my own skin? How are my relationships? Most importantly, how's my relationship with this this machinery, this physical body? How am I doing? Mm-hmm. Am I in pain? Like that's a that's an important thing. You know you know what people don't realize about those who struggle with addiction? We're always in chronic pain, always. And now it may be emotional. It could be physical. But we're always in chronic pain. Chronic pain is the problem of the alcoholic. So, if that's a problem and you recognize, oh, I'm in pain, then we can begin to get on a path to solve that problem, which is in today. Yeah. So let's say, uh, let's say I've got lower back pain and it's like really bad, as I as I did about 18 years ago. Well, I need to address that. But I don't know how to address that. What do I do? Oh, I speak to someone who knows how to address that. I reach out for help. How else? Well, I know that if I use drugs and alcohol, it may temporarily take away my physical pain, but it's going to bring a huge amount of psychic and emotional pain and ultimately more physical pain in the future. Yeah. So I know that's not a good idea. But since that's on my mind, fluctuating, 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 I might benefit by getting around other people who are in recovery from addiction. Hmm. That means I can go to a meeting. That means I can, can get involved with uh, a sponsor. I can talk to a therapist who's familiar with addiction. I can connect with friends who are familiar with this family members who care about me. And I can say, Hey, you know, here's what's going on with me today. Yeah. And so slowly, but surely the, the only way that we awaken is one day at a time by asking the right questions, the right questions. And it starts with the body. And then beyond the body, I'm going to ask myself things like, what am I going to do today? What am I doing? Yeah. Do I have a job? Do I, do I need money? You know, And the answer is of course, yes, you do in this world. How am I going to make money so that I can move through my life in a relatively relaxed manner and not feel like my core basic needs of home and food, you know, shelter yeah, and yeah. clothing, these kinds of things um, need to be dealt with. Otherwise, I'll be in a constant state of psychic stress. And then beyond that, I'll ask the questions about my relationships. How am I with my wife? Why is that my first question? Because she's in the other room. She lives here in the house with me. <laughs> yeah. and, and if that relationship's not going well, then, then there's something that's psychically an issue for me today, and I need to work on that issue. So you see, asking the right questions, and then reaching out for help, and organizing my life around recovery is how this thing works.
0: Yeah, that's good. I hear so much. Uh, uh, I keep hearing the word awareness in everything that you're saying, awareness. Um you know, presence. And I love the questions, too, that self-diagnosis. We're so hard on ourselves, man. I'm one of the hardest. There's nobody harder on me than me. <laughs> and, there's, and, and that's been, I think, um, a big part of this journey for, for so many of us is learning how to ask ourselves those questions. And then learning how to love ourselves, too, just where we're at, not beat ourselves up. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the chronic pain. And we're talking about addiction, obviously, um, go down the list, food, sex, drugs, alcohol. I mean, it's all kind of the same concept, but it's almost too like we're addicted to the struggle. We're addicted to the pain, you know? And when we, when we start to see some progress, we can self-sabotage at the same time. And so this kind of leads me into what you, you talked about at the end there, and you started to bring up community and the importance of that. Uh, and I know we, we were going to talk a little bit about recovery uh, 1.0 versus recovery 2.0. And maybe that kind of ties into the community aspect of this too. Uh, but I'd love to hear your take on why that's so important and how folks can, if, you know, maybe they they don't know where the heck to start. Where do you start to start getting around people that are going to help support you rather than, uh, you know, bring you down?
1: Mm. Just, it's just such an important uh, matter to discuss for everybody. And and I would say for anybody listening to this, um, in 31 years, I could sum up the single most important thing I've done in my recovery is develop the habit to reach out to people when I'm uncomfortable. Hmm. That doesn't mean that there isn't a moment where I have to sit still with myself because I love that. I'm a yoga teacher, meditation expert. I love this. I love to sit. And I can tell you, even with those skills, if I get into a difficult emotional or mental situation that lasts more than five minutes, I'm on the phone with somebody. Mm. And it has served me my entire 31 years of recovery. And people are like, oh, well, it can't be that simple. I'm like, well, there's nothing simple about it. For you to reach out to another human being when you need to, and to have that be a habit that you develop, that takes humility, that takes honesty, that takes, you have to actually be willing to reach out to another person. And it's not necessarily our first impulse. We haven't been trained that way. But what I'm suggesting to you is that I've trained myself with the help of a lot of people to be in the habit of reaching out to other people. Here's why. There's something that happens for us when we get into a dark place. And uh, we can define a dark place as being, uh, let's just say we're stuck in in negative thinking of any kind. So it could be uh, a judgment or condemnation, uh, self-judgment. It could be shame, guilt. These are terrible, terribly dark places to be. Jealousy, rage, anger. These kinds of places, if you get stuck there, you're no longer thinking clearly. You have lost your what I would refer to in yoga as your transparency of mind. Mm. Your mind is no longer serving you in this case. Now it's like your mind has been taken over, and it's like uh, it has tuned itself to the frequency, the radio channel, if you will, of pain and suffering. Here we are at at pain and suffering radio, and... (laughs) The thoughts that are coming in are numerous and painful. And you're not thinking clearly. So you're a little bit at the mercy of those thoughts. You interpret your reality as being those thoughts. Mm. Those thoughts are incredibly negative. Because you can't see clearly in that kind of thinking, you must speak with somebody else who is not in that kind of thinking and they can see more clearly and with with compassion and kindness they can say to you hey man you're not thinking clearly right now let's talk this through you know how did you come to think this way what happened in your day today that you know threw you off center triggered you into this kind of yeah. negativity and now you're on the path of recovery again because someone is guiding you in the moment yeah. <clears throat> To a more clear way of thinking you're understanding something triggered you you're learning what the trigger was and you're learning to come off the cliff and to to just deal with the discomfort of the moment and then you find that it passes
0: yeah temporary
1: so the, the, the yoga and the meditation piece or the the contemplation piece let's say for people is we do want to become clearer thinking individuals unto ourselves but even as a clear-thinking individual, you can be pulled off center because you're a human being yeah. and you can be triggered and you can enter this dark space. How do I know that? Because I'm 31 years sober and I still can enter a dark space from time to time. And when I go there, as I said, my habit is pick up the phone and call somebody who's more clear-thinking than I am in that moment. Yeah. Takes humility, but I've amassed a an army of people that care about me that will be willing to help me when I get into these difficult spots. And then to your point earlier about, um, you know, we're so hard on ourselves. And, um, you know, Shane said, you know, I'm, I'm harder on myself than, than anybody, anybody else. So there's a great quote and I want to bring it up here. And the quote is I walk in a constant shower of self forgiveness. Love that. Constant shower. I'm showered <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in self forgiveness all the time because I'm a human and I'm going to make mistakes, yeah. and those mistakes may happen frequently. My my, I'm trying to make new mistakes and not old mistakes. Um, at this point, that I consider that a, a, an awakening of sorts, right? It's a win. <laughs> yeah, that's a win. So that's where I'm at, Man. and so I think we all need to walk in a constant shower of self forgiveness.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. That forgiveness piece is so huge, man. It's, it really is a practice uh, daily, I think. And uh, I love that you point out, you know, because there might maybe there's someone listening and they're like, well, you know, I'm struggling to, to, to stay sober, you know, today, or I only have 30 days or I only have a year. Tommy's got 31 years, you know, but you can see just by what Tommy pointed out there. He's got 31 years and he's still has things like you said you're just trying to not make old mistakes you're still making new mistakes cuz we're in process we're constantly changing we're evolving we're rolling through this life trying to do the best we can and so i i just want to to throw that out there like the time the time aspect of this it's great i'm a big believer in celebrating the time and 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 um you know honoring that too but man, the time is really irrelevant at the end of the day, because we are trying to do this thing on the day and each day brings something a little bit different, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Love to give you an opportunity though, to jump into recovery 1.0 versus recovery 2.0. We didn't get to that. Did did you want to discuss that a little bit or?
1: I I love to. It's a great topic. We, we speak about it in our, in our, um, the people that work with me in recovery 2.0, we talk about this topic every day because we're, we're trying to create products and services that can be helpful to anybody at any stage along the journey. So I would, I would begin talking about recovery 1.0 versus recovery 2.0 by stating something that I think is obvious. Different people need different things at different times. And that addiction happens in stages and recovery happens in stages. Yeah. Uh, when I was one day sober, uh, I needed certain things. And those things have changed and evolved over time. Now at 31 years sober, I need different things at this moment in time. The most important thing for me is to be open to what my needs might be any particular day. The, the thing that hasn't changed for me as a human being is that I still have to take life on a one day at a time basis. And what I mean by that is we do reset each day. I have to wake up. I have to eat. I have to tend to the needs of my body. Yeah. I have to tend to the needs of my mind and my heart. And what I mean by that is I have to be creative in this world. I have to, so do you. And the most difficult moments I think for for people are when we have no sense of purpose, mm. no sense of yeah. what to do, where, where should we put our energy? And that's painful because we can, we can feel worthless or like, wow, I, how can I not know what to do? I'm, you know, 55 years old and there's still days when I wake up and I'm like, you know, I have a great sense of purpose with recovery 2.0, but I just want everyone to understand like any one of us can, can, can step off of our center and feel lost, mm-hmm. especially in the world we live in today. There's so much, so so many ways we can stress and be anxious and depressed uh, and want to medicate or distract ourselves from that. So it's a very, very uh, difficult time in, in a certain respect uh, to be alive today. So the 1.0, recovery 1.0 for me is really moving from I know I need help. I know I can't keep living the way I've been living. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it through the day. Yeah. The 1.0 process is getting yourself to a place where you have a, a ground beneath you, a foundation. You know what to do each day to get through the day sober, clean and sober, whatever that means for you. You know, uh, you've got a, a, a you've proven to yourself over a per- enough of a period of time that you can actually you can actually do this thing. The 1.0 part is getting onto solid ground and realizing, okay, I now have a way forward. And I and not only do I have a way forward, I want it. Yeah. So good. for me in my own life, I remember waking up. This was about uh almost a year into my recovery, where I really worked the steps, the 12 steps. I worked the 12 steps and they really did have a profound impact on the way I saw the world and myself in the world. And I woke up one morning and I realized I can't remember the last time I thought about using drugs. I can't even remember when that was. And that was a profound shift for me because normally I couldn't make it through a day without using drugs. And so I was thinking about using drugs all day long. And that is a fact. And then I went from that to somebody who couldn't even remember when I had last thought about using. So that profound shift, that's that 1.0 shift. Like I've got a community of people. I've got teachers or people that I, that can guide me and help me, mentor me. And I've got a, a kind of a, a path that I can walk, a way to be each day that makes sense to me. And now I'm a person in recovery. So that's beautiful. And as a person in recovery, hopefully you'll be removed from the craving to use drugs and alcohol or whatever the addictive behavior was. And so you're not constantly beset by this thinking of, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? And so you're not in that, that conflict. That's, that's freedom can be, can be reached in recovery 1.0. Then all of life takes place. Now you have to look at your body, your relationships, your mind, um, mm-hmm. how you are in work, creativity, abundance, creation of possibility and opportunity in your life, um, uh, you know, mm-hmm. connecting with somebody uh, in an intimate level. All, every aspect of human experience is now going to take place for you. And guess what? You're clean and sober through all of it. Mm. And if you're anything like me, you may not be very skilled at those things when those things start to show up in your life. In fact, you might find out, like I found out, that, Long before drugs and alcohol came into my, my world, relationships were one of the things that were the most uncomfortable for me. And that's part of why I started using drugs and alcohol in the first place.
0: Did, did you have social, was social anxiety an issue in some instances, or was it more just direct relationship issues?
1: For me, I would say uh, hyperactivity and, and anxiety in general were my issues. I was, I was always good socially. I could say the right things, be the right way. But the thing that was happening there was I was not necessarily being authentic to me. Got it. I was changing my behavior so that I could be approved of by you. Yeah. And that means I left my authenticity. I I lived in those years at a distance from my own authenticity. It's too painful. Yeah. Too painful for anybody. So I had to learn to become authentic again in my recovery in my relationships in, you know, I had to deal with other addictions like, you know, cigarettes, addiction to um, uh, relationships and sex, addictions to gambling and money issues and all of it. It all came up in my life. And so you see, I needed different things at different times. And the 1.0 piece of this was my primary addiction to drugs and alcohol. I was relieved of it so I could begin to face the whole rest of my life. Yeah. Now, so Recovery 2.0 is all about refinement, becoming stronger, more empowered, dealing with the mind at a very deep level, calming the mind, um, identifying your your heartfelt desires in this world and being able to pursue them in an appropriate way. It's about yoga to me, about meditation to me. Yeah. Uh, it's about healthy diet, and it's about health and wellness becoming like the best version of yourself. Those are the, those are the aspects of Recovery 2.0. I feel like if you've struggled with addiction, you're going to need some of the Recovery 1.0 stuff, mm-hmm. get the ground underneath you, and then start pursuing the, the 2.0 stuff so that you can be all that you can be. Um, That's, that's, that's how I would sort of differentiate those two things.
0: And and as you're describing that, I was picturing like a custom house. And so you have this house, this, this, Um, It's this beautiful thing. Maybe it's a vision that you have, right? And before you can go do the cool, the game room or or the pool, whatever it is that you want to do, man, you got to set that foundation. It has to be a solid footing in the ground that's well-placed and ready to go to build upon. So if I was to kind of use that analogy, the 1.0 would be the the foundation of the house. And then after we get that set, we can start putting up the walls and we can start putting in the different rooms and different, um, different things. Is that is that a pretty fair way to put it? Oh,
1: a hundred percent. And and I, I guess I could expand on that analogy. Um, I was just reading a story about uh, this guy who extremely successful guy in recovery who had owned a whole bunch of treatment centers, and um, he got arrested for sexual impropriety with some of the girls that were coming to his treatment center. Oh wow! Now. I'm someone who struggled with sex addiction. And I've had issues in that area. So I can't I can't sit back here and be like all judgmental and con- condemning of that man. I can of the behavior. And I can say, "Wow, what a shame that this guy got sober and has had so much success creatively and financially, but there's aspects of his being that haven't yet recovered." Yeah. And it, and it came out sideways in his behavior, and now he's going to go to jail. And so I don't bring up that story to, to, I bring it up as a cautionary tale that I, like everybody else, I have work that I have to do around all of these issues in my life. Yeah. I don't ever put myself above it. So I'm in the recovery 1.0 work while I'm in the recovery 2.0 work, in a sense. I love it. Yeah. You know I, I need the foundation still and I need to make sure that that foundation is is going well. And then to build all the, the rest of the house and there's really it's very it's very painful what that man is going to go through yeah and is going through. Um, and so we all as a society will will cancel that guy. Wow, can you imagine somebody so dark and so horrible? and yes, the behavior is dark. It comes from unconscious parts of a human being. It's yeah. so dark and I'm not trying to be an apologist for this guy. It's, it's, it's really awful behavior. Yeah. Uh, and I also understand it from the level of addiction. And, and so if we're really asking ourselves, what do we want in the world? We don't just want to be, you know, financially successful. We don't want to just be very creative beings. If we haven't worked on the inside stuff, that's keeping us stuck in our addiction and our addictive behaviors. Yeah. that's where the 2.0 stuff comes in. Like this is where we have to really, really do our work and be even more rigorously honest than we've been, even in the 1.0 part of what we're doing. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, that story re- reminded me of uh, the story in the Bible where the adulteress was going to be stoned and they all came out and, and Jesus said, okay, whoever has never sinned, you throw the first stone right. and they all, looked at each other and turn around and walked away. <laughs> we're all, we're, we're all jacked up all of us in some way. So I, I love how you frame that up though. Like I, I'm not judging the man. I we're, we're all human beings. We make mistakes. We do things, but the, the certain issue, obviously not, not a good situation to, to be in, but, um, yeah. man, good, good stuff. We just got a couple of minutes left, Tommy. So, um, Do you want to hit on um, a life beyond craving before we wrap up? Or do you have any advice maybe you want to give to anybody? Um, Definitely uh, want to make sure we know where to find all your work at any contact info. uh, Where where could folks do that as well?
1: Yeah. So um, a life beyond craving. Uh, Who doesn't want that? Hmm. That's, that's this place of presence. Uh, Imagine how would you be if you didn't feel compelled to chase after anything? If you weren't trying to satisfy a craving and you were just being present, you were just being you and you were contented and, and seriously contented, like you were at ease in your, in your body, in your mind and in your life. Imagine that Hmm. to me, that's the promise of recovery 2.0. And if that's interesting to you, you can find us in so many places. For one thing, we have meetings, which, of course, are free to anybody, anywhere, anytime. And we have over 30 meetings a week online on Zoom. And you can get to our meetings at r20.com forward slash meetings. That's r20.com forward slash meetings. And those meetings are women's meetings, men's meetings, Spanish speaking meetings, codependency meetings, speaker meetings, big book meeting, you know, whatever it is. Like we've got meetings that that can, can help anybody move through a day and, and to get this thing called recovery. Um, in addition to that, we have a membership. That's a paid offering where we go deep, deep into our deeper practices of yoga, meditation, uh, diet stuff. We do immersive events together each month. We meet every Monday night and Thursday night in our membership together. And we do some extraordinary things. And we basically are walking this path of recovery together all year long. And, you know, I tell people, you know, I guess in our community, people are like, well, you charge for your recovery-based membership? Like, I can't believe there's money involved here. And I'm like, you know, look, we charge less than a dollar a day for something that is life-changing for the whole year. And uh, you know, treatment is so expensive, therapy is so expensive, medical expenses so expensive. And so we've we've put together what we think is an incredible offering that we think is central to somebody's opportunity to thrive in this life. And so we ask you to come and check out what we're doing and do it for free. We have a trial, a free trial, and you just go r20.com forward slash join and check us out. got a week to see if if what we're doing resonates with you and if it doesn't there's no there's no strings attached whatsoever so you know that's that's our proposition so there's that and then there's you know the recovery 2.0 youtube channel is deep people deep you could you could spend a lifetime there and learn everything you needed to know and that's of course free to everybody and our instagram channel our tiktok and, and everything else that we're doing we put up content every day to inspire and uplift people, um, into recovery. So, wow. and of course the recovery 2.0 book that I wrote. So take a look, take a look for that.
0: So yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. And we'll, we'll put all those links, everything that Tommy just talked about, they'll be in the show notes for you. So it's very easy to find, uh, Tommy, it's been great to have you on the podcast today, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you, Shane. I'm so grateful. Keep up the amazing work.